Are you guys ready for part two of my conversation, my chat, my interview with William Perrymore and Stacey Meyer? Well, I certainly hope so because that's what's happening right now. Okay, check it out. Uh, I'm going to do a song from Stacey's main band, The Furniture Girls. I'm going to play a song. I'm not going to do a song. What the fuck's wrong with me? Anyway, um, I had the pleasure of uh, playing with the guitar player, Jason Lightfoot, uh, from Furniture Girls at the Porn Jam we discussed earlier in the previous episode. So, a uh, really great guy, man. I really enjoyed getting to know him and rocking out with him at the Porn Jam. So, hopefully, you will dig this tune. It's called Dubious. <laughs>
Right on. What a great, fun song that was. I would love for you guys to give them all the support you possibly can. Uh, once again, that was Furniture Girls with Dubious. Go check them out on whatever social media outlets you're into. If you're not into that kind of thing, why don't you check out where they're playing? Go buy a t-shirt. Go check out a show. Shake your booty for them. Do something fun. Uh, anyway... I'm going to get right back to the interview. Here is part two of my interview with Stacy Meyer, the lead singer of Furniture Girls, and William Perry Moore, the lead singer of The Adarna. Let me ask you guys this. Um, what is dare. your criteria for booking a show? Hmm. Um, is it money? Is it the venue that you've never played? Is That's it key. the band that you've always wanted That's to play also with? Key. That's kind of how I, I go. I'm like, Oh my God, the Furniture Girls, the coveted venue, the coveted band that you want to play with. Like right. that's it's rare. It's rarely I about money. I think it's about building the experience rather than building the momentum or the whatever. You know, as long as you have that experience, everything will fall in place. It's like, oh my God, I'm playing with this awesome band that's really cool, and I'm playing this great venue I've always wanted to play. Those two together, you should be able to formulate some kind of success story with, oh, remember when we played the Skylark? Holy cow, that was so good. That was so cool. And we played with that great band. Or we played with that shitty band we're <laughs> never going to play with because the drummer was a prick. <laughs> I, I I mean, I I personally, I would say the uh, it's an algorithm that just keeps changing. And it changes mm -hmm. based off of many factors. What What do you decide... Like there is, there's, there is the money factor, mm -hmm. you know, because the bottom line, it's not cheap to go and do any of these shows. You have expensive, heavy equipment that has to be moved. And if the band can't move it because it's out of the band fund, you have to move it. Is it worth your time taking off work and all, all that shit? You got to at right. least not lose money. Yeah. That's the goal. You don't want to lose money. Can I sell merchandise? What is the expected draw? You know, uh, where is the location of the venue? How long has it been since they played? How long has it been since I played? Is there a prestige to playing this show? Uh, what is the average cost of cost of doors? I mean, I I built a spreadsheet personally that that builds in the algorithm that uh, that does tell me if it's a, a profitable thing. Separately, separately, I rely on my gut in the sense that I would say I don't know what it is about these guys, and I can't give you a quantifiable number, but there's something about this. Mm -hmm. it, it feels good. For example, we've been uh, we've been uh, Stacy and I have been jiving all over with this uh, Clockout Lounge. There's this new venue that popped up over and this Beacon. is why I'm like tentative for Porn Jam this year. I'm like yeah. I'm on the hook for uh, the same night there. Oh and I'm, really? I'm so but, but but there's this vibe about the venue, which the vibe could go away. We don't know what the vibe is. We can't actually. It's we can't. Just, it's new. It's hot. People want to play there. Can't quantify it. Really? What does that give you? Does it give you like? Does it give you some kind of like clout amongst other musicians? Does it give you a clout amongst a, a, an up and coming venue? I don't. We don't know. But there's something that's un, not tangible, but it does yield results. Right. So we'll call that X. <laughs> so the so of the of the formula, uh, X is is this unknown unknown factor that we can't really tell what it is. Now, if you are purely about a money based driven band, that is not a good gig to take. Well, then you should be in a cover band. Well, well, that's how. You, Hallelujah. Well, that's if you want to go and take take this the same thing. But honestly, every band should be deserved to be 
paid their amount that they they agreed in a perfect world. It is a I know I know, it, but but that just might mean you might play less gigs, and it's always a, it's always going to be something where you're like I haven't played in a while, but when I do play, I only get two grand every time I play, or I get five grand, and then I pay out each of my musicians five hundred bucks, you know. Woohoo! I just made two grand. Mm. Yeah. I think what William is trying to do is put the standard out there so that when your listeners hear this, it's like, oh, maybe maybe the club owners will hear it. Maybe they're well, like, well, oh. But, well, right. here's, here's, here's the revolving fact. Here's another al- part of the algorithm. Have you been there before? Can you actually make the venue any money? Can you, can you do that? If you can't, a, a lot of those things start going down. Now it becomes – instead of like how much money can we – or how much things can we stra- extrapolate from here? We're going to get an X number of mailing lists or we're going to get a whatever. It goes down to how much money do we lose? What day of the week is it? Mm-hmm. Uh, is it a Thursday? Okay. Thursday is not a bad day. It's a – oh, no. It's a Monday. Fucking Yikes. hell. It's a Monday. Where are we? Ah, oh, Jesus. We're in Lewiston, Idaho. We still got to get to through Tuesday and Wednesday until we even hit Chicago, where the nearest place where we can actually get a weekday gig. So that's two days of extra money. Wait, how much are they going to pay us? Three hundred bucks? Mm-hmm. Well, three hundred bucks could pay us gas to get to get to there. You know, to get from Lewiston to there. So I'm like, right. okay, let's do the show. Awesome. You know, or it's how many ticket sales? Who's the band? Oh, Gene loves Jezebel. How long? How long has it been since they played uh, the that United States? That was a recent thing for Furniture Girls. Yeah. It's like we What's the ticket cost? we routinely did you guys play with Gene loves Jezebel. Yeah, we did, oh. and it, and it was a Wednesday night at El Corazon, which I did too. we would normally bat that down faster than a kitty cat, like a but but again, like and we get offers to play, but. But we're like, eh, who's gonna come out? But that was like a okay. It's Gene loves. You Jezebel. should have called me. <laughs> I would have. You would come, have come out. I would for have that. come for that. Yeah, for sure. Uh, it was. It was. I should have called you. You're right. Yeah. Um. It was cool. Like I learned so much about. I didn't know about. Do you know the history of that band? No, I can don't. I, can I talk a little bit about? Yeah, that? do it. Do it. Super fascinating, right? So originally the band had. It, it was fronted by the original lineup was two identical twin brothers. Okay. And they had a falling out somewhere in the '90s. Um, Michael and Jay. Michael and Jay, they oh, come on. So um, they had legal battles and lawsuits, and they went back and forth and back and forth. And the final resolution of this that they came to was the one brother, Jay, uh, who we opened for, lives in the UK, mm-hmm. and the brother, Michael, lives in the States. And so there's whenever the other band plays in the other one's place, they have to identify it by the name. But when they're in their home country, they are that band. So essentially, there's two Gene Loves Jezebels. What? Right? It's the weirdest. I've never heard of this in any band situation ever before. That and it's the super craziest fascinating. thing I've ever heard. Yeah. So there's Michael Aston's Gene Loves Jezebel. He's the U- the United States one. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I haven't, I don't know. But when they go to Europe, they have to be Michael Aston's Gene Loves Jezebel. But they're Gene Loves Jezebel here. And then there's Jay Aston's. I think I'm getting the right name. I, I may be butchering the last Jay name. Aston, yeah. yeah. So it's Jay Aston's uh, Gene Loves Jezebel when they play here in the United States. But in the Europe, they are Gene Loves Jezebel. Wow. So we opened for that one, the European one. And uh, I think they're – I don't, I don't want to – I don't know, but I feel like it was the real one. <laughs> 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 I don't know. They were anyway. really good. They were really good. <laughs> they were really good, and they were really sweet, very oh, humble, cool. very nice guys, like super down. And I I mean, I remembered 
I remembered hearing those guys back in the day, you know, I mean, I'm not a spring chicken and uh, they sounded fantastic. Oh, not awesome. They, yeah. they sounded really great. Those are the so, tightest again, pants I've ever like, seen. S- seriously, we, we <laughs> pass tightest. on a lot of stuff, but that seemed like a, and that was not a well-paying gig by any means, but it was right. more of a, like a, how could you pass on that? This right. is a this is a moment in history. Oh, so sure. we're going to take that no matter what. Yeah, I've done a few of those. Mm-hmm. I've I've played with some nationals, and uh, everyone I met was so cool. Yeah, like uh, played with Colin Hay from awesome. Men at Work. Yeah. Um, oh my gosh. One of the sweetest, nicest dudes I've ever met. Just super, super cool. We played in the back room. He played in the front room. Technically, we opened for him. Okay. <laughs> But super nice. We did uh, we did uh, uh, a deal with Red Fang a couple times, mm-hmm. and what blew me away was uh, David, the uh, lead guitar player, helped me carry my bass rig up on stage. I'm like, "What are you doing, dude? You're a Red Fang guy. You shouldn't be helping me do shit." Mm-hmm. Uh, and they were super very nice, cool. very cool, very wonderful people. I, I was honored to play with them, and then Quiet Riot. Got to play with them, and the singer uh, uh, James Durbin. He was a, a American Idol finalist. Yeah. Um, super great guy. Because the original singer passed. Yes, yeah? okay. uh, um, Kevin Dubrow. Uh-huh. Um, he passed a while ago. Um, but the original drummer's there, and That's cool. and he killed it. They were great. It was fantastic, and they were so nice. They were such. Wonderful people. I I've never experienced the asshole um, famous dude. Yeah, they've always been super respectful and cool. So I hope that uh, I can be respectful and cool um, in my mediocre. I had some questionable, questionable, questionable moments with my life with a thrill cult, cult, but I'll just leave that up to drugs. On perfect. (laughs) (laughs) Slap. (laughs) <laughs> well, let's see. I was going to ask you something about uh, oh venues. Now, have either of you played Daryl's Tavern? Awesome, yeah. very cool place. Yeah, the, I, I that's on my short list for venues and people I want to podcast or talk with. There's, there's some cool. magic going on. There's there. a there's a weird thing because they're they're farther north, so right. they appeal to people who live up north for, and it's kind of middle ground for people who live in the city and people who live up north like closer to Everett and it's kind of middle ground. So right. they're they get people from both sides. Mm-hmm. And then it has like a, a weird kind of a family bar vibe. Mm-hmm. Uh it, it's definitely got a strange like there's a weird vibe there for sure. Like, and it's got some history. It's got like a blue moon kind of vibe. Right. Um, but, <gasps> but they have a but they have a lot of great bands who pass there. Fantastic sound man, sound man. I can't oh say enough God. great things about. He's so good. Right. And it, it's just it's a fun place to play. Yeah, I I love that place. I love the um, the substation as well. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, I just did a podcast uh, in the back of the substation with a, a gal who practices back there mm-hmm. and god what a great venue yeah have you played um, there before i played there once before with thunderhound yeah. uh, it was great great show 
They have um, fantastic sound too, and great lighting and everything. It's a great stage. Have you sorted out that blown speaker yet? Yeah. <laughs> I've been listening yeah. to that for like a, almost a year, and I'm like, you need to fix that speaker. Oh, really? <laughs> it's just like. <laughs> I heard that at the high dive. Actually, last night we played when we went and saw Yar at the high yeah. dive last night. They had a blown speaker. How did you? Uh, how did you like their show? Oh my gosh! So, so Yar is a band that uh, I know. So Sandy um, is the singer, and uh, Casey Burkbush, who is a fantastic artist, like he does amazing portraits of rock stars, and like just a brilliant, brilliant artist painter right. but also a killer drummer and great musician and mm-hmm. i've been meaning to see these guys for oh a year or better and i've always had conflicts because i've had shows or whatever finally we got to go see them last nice. night and it did not disappoint it was at such a good time the skylark it was at the uh, high dive high dive and okay. we both bought t-shirts and cds and it was oh my gosh yar is awesome and yes the, there is definitely um if you like morphine you will like this band mm-hmm. but They've made it their own. I I've played with them before. Yeah, they're awesome. They're great. So they're good. They're great. The the uh, horn player, sax player. Oh my gosh, he what a, is what a amazing. sweet dude. He was very a very nice guy. And he had a such great a conversation. performer. Yes. Like yeah. he he's something he, to watch. He had some fun fun effects on him. I I have a big huge love for people who actually perform when they're performing, yeah. as opposed to guys who stand there and play. Oh my God! If you can get out there and shake your booty and do your thing, I love you forever. Yeah, and he's like stomping around like a T Rex with a berry. Like it's the coolest thing I've ever seen. It's so good. <laughs> yeah, they're great. We we had a really fun show with them and uh, Star Anna mm. um, last year. Yeah, it was well, a year and a half ago. A year and a half ago it was pretty fun. I had this big show I wanted to, I was like what is it well it was the it was the music video release show yeah. and then it was the it was supposed to be our tour kickoff show but oh. the uh, um, right but with Jeff Campbell from San Francisco mm-hmm. which from from a band called Static and Surrender and that guy and his band are hot shit so good they're real they're they're I remember I played with them for their third fucking show and Jeff I was, Campbell is just one of the coolest nicest chillest dudes like he's just like oh whatever like so i i came out to one of his one of uh scott mickelson and jeff campbell's shows over in a backyard rad san francisco artists Hmm. and uh they're playing acoustic and doing the thing and you know i didn't really think anything of it i just i was just like yeah they have great voices and everything and we went to what's the name of that bar the Baronoff. The Baronoff. In, in, in Greenwood, which is, by the way, one of my all-time favorite dive pirate bars ever in all of Seattle. You so, walk uh, in, you crawl out. So, yeah. So, so, so we're, we're, we're shooting the shit with them. And I didn't think the guy would remember me. I, and then he hit me up. And, and I was like, fucking kudos on you, dude, for remembering who I am. I mean, I know we give each other our numbers, but people don't take me up on that shit. And I was like, I'll do whatever you want. So we made Death by Overkill because of him. Yeah, so that's actually Jeff Campbell from San Fran is the reason Death by Overkill is a thing. Because wow. if he wouldn't have asked us, we wouldn't have started the band. Yeah. Because he, I was like, I was so impressed with the. He was like, coming to a, town and neither like, the Adarna. Free? I'm like, no, I'm like. Furniture Girls wasn't free. And we're like, well, this porn jam stuff that we do, we could make that be a yeah, thing. So we got <sighs> definitely six songs. So fucking, yeah, we'll make you a band. In uh, how long we got? We had a month and a half. And we're, yeah. So we hit up wow. the guys and we're like, you know how you guys keep bugging us about making a band? 
it's on like donkey Kong. and we now have seven original songs <laughs> oh that's great <laughs> yeah but I that's mean, so but, but cool. it, goes to, it goes to show you that like your talent and your ability to network is it means something to people and it means something to especially in my in my world and and stacy's world and your world where where you'll you remember it i i remember that i i was so impressed that they remembered i was like why don't people do this? When I give you my number, I want you to call me. I'm not mm-hmm. giving you my number because I think it's fucking cute to get a dick pic. It is cute to get a dick pic. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, I'm dying. <laughs> but. P.S. No, it's not. It says every girl everywhere. Right. What do you think of this? <laughs> I put sprouts in there. Put it away. <laughs> oh, goodness. God, that's pick. crazy. <laughs> no, but like what you do and and this just this conversation we're doing having right now um, really inspires me to get my shit done, to finish my shit. Uh, like with the whole Thunderhound stuff. Never really finished the album. Um, simply because I felt like, oh, I'm on my own with this. I'm on my own. I don't really have a lot of help. So I'm hoping that uh, this will... Was it the mixing or is it the recording that's the problem? It's the fixing that's the problem. Yeah, I mean, I mean is, it, is it so terrible that an engineer could not fix it? Um, I'm the fix engineer, and then I have a mix uh, master guy down in Phoenix. They're called mixologist. Yes, he's a mixologist. That's no, a he's, a, he's actually <laughs> yeah. brilliant. He's yeah. actually really well. You guys heard the "Say Hello" song. He did that, mm-hmm. and uh, he did a fantastic so job. He's he's honestly he's one of my best friends um, in the world. Unfortunately, I don't get to ever see him because he lives in Phoenix. Um, but one of the smartest guys I've ever known. Um, I was going to ask you guys this because you're both front people. What what have you stolen from another front person oh that God. you use on stage? Everything. What <laughs> I use this from my guy who mixes. He's one of the best front men I've ever seen in my life. I mean, honestly, David Lee Roth, he might have uh, – some competition as far as greatest front men in the world. This guy, he'll do this thing where he'll be like, okay, last song. I need two and a half minutes of your life come up front. Mm. We're not starting the next song until you come up here and, That's great. and engage with us. Two and a half minutes of your life. I'm, I've given you 50 minutes, 40 minutes, whatever. I just need two and a half. And, and does it work? Does, it works. Do th- Everybody stands up. Everybody comes up front. And he kills it he does he he just does these things that i've i've completely ripped off from him because it's 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 inspiring it's awe-inspiring and uh that's one of my goals as well is to get him to write it down two and a half minutes of your life (laughs) because just just to be fair every time you play with me i'm gonna say it too so hopefully (laughs) i play before you (laughs) but uh one of the best i've never seen a guy grab a crowd like this guy he's like six five six four very tall guy and just commands the stage really awesome awesome performer um and he does all my mixing 
and it's great. I'm like, here, dude. Sounds like Lynn from The Crying Spell. Mm-hmm. It kind of is. Yeah. It kind of is. He's the Phoenix version of Lynn. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And Lynn is amazing, too. Yeah. He, he, we he, just got to see them Friday night. Yeah. They, they hadn't played in a year, and they played at the Lime here in Kirkland. They did a free show like a, just because they hadn't played in a year thing. I yeah. saw that, and yeah. I so wanted to come. But I had to work all day yeah. Saturday. They played, a so. bunch of, they played a bunch of cover songs, which they fucking ruined. That's not true. Don't be a jerk. No, they sounded great. No, no, no. This is, I'm a firm believer this. You guys... Crying spell, you're killing it at your own stuff. Just keep doing that. Stop doing coverage. You're driving me insane. Because they start looking at the notes and they're like, da, 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 da. well, Len Len was the first one to admit like he was totally had cheat sheets. But it's ridiculous. They are of the. 80s. I am yeah. in a cover band as well. I am in a soul cover band, and all you know three singers have cheat. Sh- we all I have, have cheat, cheat sheets, sheets too. Yeah. You're not allowed to have cheat. Sh- you're not allowed to have cheat sheets. <laughs> what no I, cheat sheets. What I do is I have a ipad mounted yep. on my stand actually we got in trouble for that so like the, you got in trouble for so that there's why is that there's three singers in the high steppers it's a classic soul cover band right, right. whatever you've seen us and, play yes and, and and i need to talk to you about that all right we'll discuss about that but so here's the thing the drummer jack uh, jack chandelier is a great guy put the whole band together his whole thing is if i can't see it it can be there if people can see it it's not happening. So the girls had some like big. Jack, pr- you're a genius. <laughs> they had some printed cheat sheets out by under the monitors so that the audience can't see it. I once put like a the phone clip and I had my phone and I because I I can't I have crappy eyes. I'm like you know a dinosaur and I can't right. read anything you put on the floor by the monitor. I got to have it on a clip I'm in the front exact of my face. Same way. But that, in his opinion, he's like. I'd rather have them looking at the floor on a piece of paper and not have that visible, you know, monitor because then you just look like you need a crutch. And he actually yelled at me for that and said, yeah. I can't have yeah. the phone on stage with the yeah, lyrics anymore. Jack He's like, learn, yeah, you're getting paid, learn your shit, learn your lyrics. He's not wrong. It is a paid gig. It's not like my, it's not like my band that is like what I write. This is a paid gig. So I, I should learn it. I honestly don't think that detours from the performance. Um, it depends. We do a lot of corporate gigs and weddings, weddings especially. And if a bride is dancing with her dad to Brown Eyed Girl, and you're reading the lyrics, that's kind of taking away from the well, experience. Well, I mean, I mean, I, to, to 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 join in on what what Tony's saying, if you are not the focus, if you're not the focus, the dad or the daughter is the focus. Absolutely, yeah, you can fucking do but that. But maybe I'm just making excuses but, so I can do it. <laughs> I don't but know. I'll tell you this. So I'll tell you one thing about most about what I found with memory. Um, you normally just need a prompter, something that's just that, that just that one word. Just, one word. That's that's all I do. Is yeah. like okay, first verse is they. Okay, one great. Word. I'm good. That's all oh, you need. Second verse two. Okay, cool. So We're that, off. So that means you probably just need to memorize maybe eight to twelve words. And so if you got to cheat, cheat with the 8 to 12 words. Which is what Sam, the other singer in High Stepper, does. She has her cue cards that really just has the opening line of everything. So she, all she needs is the first word and she can go. Yeah. 
And that's really a better way to do it than a prompter that's what, like visible. Yeah. What I did was I would print off uh, 11 by 17 sheets. Wow. Fucking sheets. <laughs> Your and, vision is worse than mine then. Oh, huh? it's so bad. <laughs> well, I didn't have glasses and I don't perform with my glasses. Yeah. So I'll just, and I can't do contacts. <laughs> oh my God. So. so I'll just take it and move my foot. <laughs> okay, next song, move my foot. <laughs> so I w- when I was in the slants, uh, um, Simon. Which I loved you in the slants, by the way. Thank you. It was it was it was so, pretty awesome. Simon is as blind as you're just, but he he's like I can't wear glasses on stage, and that guy cannot see. Like I mean, not there's no way. Like if he's smiling at you, he can't see you. <laughs> like that's not. He's like he's like there's a general white blur that is in the vicinity. But uh, he would take he would take off his glasses for shows, which is the most dangerous time. And I actually bought a guitar <laughs> specifically for Simon because I was so fucking sick of him hitting my guitar i was just like stop hitting my two thousand dollar guitar i was like here's a five hundred dollar one hit that one <laughs> you know? and so so i only played this guy and he's like your sound is not quite i'm like i don't care you're blind because you keep hitting me and i remember he would just start he'd trip and he, he was clumsy at that fact so he'd start falling from like 30 feet away and i'm like holy shit he's coming from 30 feet away oh god and he's on me <laughs> and, and then he's hitting me with his guitar but it was like everybody thought it was the best because they're like that's so punk rock. I'm like, no, he's blind and falling. <laughs> he's falling on me. What was your excuse then when I saw you eat shit on stage? When I eat shit on stage, that was cool. Honestly, it was awesome though because he like it was like did this rock and roll thing where he like fell down and immediately like a potato bug like rolled right back up on his feet and kept playing. It was pretty cool. Oh, that's great. <laughs> that's great. It was all planned, baby. <laughs> no, no, it wasn't. It was, not it was a good recovery. It was a good recovery. Oh my what god! What can I say? Take some, take some martial arts. Let people push you over, <laughs> and then you'll be great at it. There's like so much shit that you do that I really want to dive deep into, like the the uh, the Comic Con that you do, mm. the uh, pseudo pseudocon, psychocon, psychocon. That I think is the coolest, um, as well as the. Um, um, the rock on the range is that the rock on the range is, is is associated with some of the some of the festivals I have done before. Yeah, mm-hmm. so I mean they're the same company. They're, they're, there's actually like in the Midwest, there's only, there's like nine companies, and they do all the they do all the same stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, like so, you, I mean when you really look at <clears throat> the rock and roll world, um, we're all circling around a bunch of people that we all know. Right, we're not. We're, you're not playing to. You're really not. The, the the people who feel like strangers are people who haven't kind of broken through to the next level. But once you do break through to the next level, break on through to the other side. When you do, when you do, you're gonna realize that you, these are the same bands. You got to play nicer than no matter what, even if they piss you off. You know. Right. And um, that's okay. That's that's all right. I mean, I've had I've had some of those bands that just pissed me off and. We played nice just the same because we had to. Yeah, you have we, to. You have to try to play nice. I mean, you never know. Well, I mean, it could be a bad day for them. It could be anything. It could. It could be something that's just stupid. That's just what's pissing them off. Right. You know. 
Um, it, could, it could be the fact that they're hungry. It could be the fact their pants are too tight. I've actually performed once three days in a row with the same fucking skinny jeans, and I had a major rash in my crotch. <laughs> and I was just like, I was pissed at everything because I was just, I, I need to sh- <laughs> fucking shower and wash my goddamn balls. Like, it was just, it was just terrible. But I was pissed. I was pissed most of the time. And so when people came up and talked to me, they're just like, just like, what's wrong with him? I'm just like, mm, fucking, mm, right. I'm gonna put on a good show. But it was, I, I was fucking chafing. Two words: wet wipes. I know, but it takes it takes the difference of time. It took me five years to figure out that. It took me five years of people saying like, you should wipe the other end down there, or you should just like, <laughs> just like. I mean, you you learn all these tips on the road about things to make yourself more comfortable. Because bottom line, we can't shower every day when right. you're on the road. You can't be comfortable on the road. You won't get a bed every time. Because, you know, it's supposed to be about how do I effectively move and do these shows, but do it on a budget. Mm-hmm. Mind-blowing tips for the female musicians out there that are up and coming and young. I don't know. It took me a very long time to be privy to this information as a girl. But if you put deodorant on your inner thighs and you're wearing a skirt or a dress, this will keep your thighs from rubbing together. This is something I would have appreciated knowing when I was very young. Right. So I'm just trying to let the young girls out there know. That's because, good to know. you know, you got to look out for the young ladies. For sure. For sure. I mean. Deodorant, I, pro- I mean, no, don't do like, you know, try to avoid the aluminum as much as possible. But they they make these anti-chafe sticks too. You know? Oh, really? I mean, if you're a super, super thin girl, no body shaming here. Super thin is awesome as well. But maybe you don't have that problem. But I'm just saying, if you need it, there are things that you can use. Well, I play with big boys. <laughs> <laughs> and maybe those boys could use some anti-chafe sticks. Those stick. boys, I definitely could have used some a few months ago <laughs> when I was up several pounds. In a skirt. Well, yeah, I mean, who's in a skirt? <laughs> I could be. I wouldn't throw that out of the out of the question. Whew. <laughs> really good whiskey. <laughs> it is good whiskey. It's, Thank it's you an, again, Dark Dave. Yeah, no Dark Dave. Kidding. Shout out, Dark Dave. <laughs> so, with the touring and the, you know. I mean, honestly, what the fuck is wrong with us? Like, like, <laughs> like that's that, that is, that's a better catchphrase. Yeah. What the fuck is no, wrong no. with us? No, the the whole thing is like I I I kind of do these segments where we talk about your band, and um, the title of the segment is uh, "Nobody Gives a Shit About You or Your Band." So let's kind of prove them wrong mm. to um, say, "Hey, I really put a lot into this. I'd really like you to." Uh, Give it a shot. Open they, up your mind. They do care. They do care. And, and here's and here's why they care. Mm-hmm. Because their day is pissing them off about something. Something has stopped them from their day. They had a hard fucking day. Maybe it's at the office or, or whatever day job. And now we want to talk to them about their band. You better be great. They you I want you to be great. I right? want you to be great because this was a pain in the ass to stop me. And, and so they want you to be good. And no one ever, I really do believe... I'm a firm believer that nobody stops – I mean goes to a show or that when you talk to them, when they actually engage a little bit, mm-hmm. they, they don't stop because they're like, fucking knew it. You suck. Ha! Right. You know? <laughs> they always stop because they're like, thank God, man. I mean that's the greatest gift. I, my coworker was great at musician. Like that was a, that was a, that's exactly what they want to hear. I mean that would be the best thing and they hope for that. It's just they're, they're, they're 
their hopes get shattered all the time because they get beat down in their daily life, you know? For sure. You know, I mean, life is life. Life is relentless on you. And uh, if you just be- – if I really do believe in the fact that you have to believe that, that they want to hear you. They just don't know it yet. They do not know it. But when, you are their medicine. You are their answer to their problem. You are the answer to what the, what's been killing them. We – we don't get up every morning because of guilt, you know, because of we were inspired by to see something, to, to feel something we haven't felt before. Or, you know, I, I, I don't get up for money. I, you know, I get up because of the fact of the possibilities. And when somebody goes and says, like, check this shit out, and I'm like, God damn it, he did that on his fucking phone. <laughs> you know, I'm like, that's amazing. <laughs> I'm like, you could do that on your phone? Are you oh, kidding me? Man, that changes great. everything. It makes it worthwhile. It makes mm-hmm. it worth it to go and wonder. I mean, even the band we watched last night when we were talking about Yar was like, they, they opened up my mind. They, they're killer. They're amazing. And that said, like... That's twice in one podcast. E- even for <laughs> a, a Saturday night, though, that was not... A, it could have been a better attended show. You can say right. that all you want, but the, here's the thing. But I'm not saying that that is any fault of any of the bands on that bill. Oh, no, no, it's no. A, but, but this is a very important point that I want to bring up that I mm-hmm. think is a real epidemic in the city. In the city of Seattle, possibly everywhere else, I don't know. But bands work hard. They promote. They do everything to try to get people out. They're maybe some of the best musicians you've ever seen. But mm. sometimes there's just an off night. There's so many things going on in the city of Seattle. There's so many venues. There's so many competing things. And the venues will treat it like a plague if you don't have a great turnout. And you might get blacklisted and not get to play there again. And I think that's really Mm. unfair. Because, again... I didn't realize that was a thing. This is such a... You could go out to a show every night of the week for a year and still never get to every venue that exists in this city. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. So what does that tell you? Changing. The right. city is oversaturated and there's a billion bands. You could spit in any direction and hit a billion bands. It's really um it's kind of an uprising. There's a lot of shit going on. There's a lot of people attending shows. Right. Well um, there's a lot of people not attending shows. That's but. true, but uh <laughs> Yeah. Compared to, uh, I just don't think that the blame goes solely on the bands. No. I I remember back in the day when publicists actually used to do a lot more, when bookers used to do a lot more. What's when the well, it... they've changed from promoters to bookers, right? Exactly, because there is no promotion. But there are for some gigs, but it's, some, but it's very but, minuscule. It's yeah. like but, I mean, here's a poster, put it on Facebook, done. Right. But you also have to realize that if if the let's say the, the gig is enough money, let's say you you hired a band that is like. The band cost a hundred grand to get there. Yeah, sure, no problem. We'll go and throw down five grand for 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 an ad or uh, like in a paper and plus at a billboard. Sure, wow. Well, I, I pay for ads as a band, and I guarantee the venues I play at don't. Yeah, yeah, because you're. But let's just say, let's just let's let's run with that scenario. How many hundreds of dollars, or fifty dollars, or twenty dollars here or there you're doing? And as a as a small business owner, which you are with a former small business owner, that shit costs money, and it, it every single gig. And some people don't care. So let's just say let's 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 do a, a, a pretty basic number. So let's say you're willing to do fifty dollars of Facebook ads, right? So times seven, that's three hundred fifty dollars. Because that's let's just say you can do you can do uh, seven seven days of music a week. That's pretty. That's pretty. You're kicking some ass. Uh, 
Let's round it down to five because I think that's more realistic. So five, so five, so, 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 so five hundred dollars times times. Let's say you could do music every single every single week, every single. I mean, I mean every single month. I mean that's awesome. So if you can do, multiply, that's one week. So then four weeks. So that let's call that. Then we're talking two grand, two grand for a month. You know, I mean, and let's just say there's two months where you're you're not doing something. I mean that's. It just it just keeps going up. You know, you're talking twenty thousand dollars in just Facebook ads, and then you had the uh, fees for ASCAP, BMI, whatever that is. So, what's right. that? Another additional fifteen grand or something like that? It's yeah, it's it's a lot. Okay, so you're talking. So let, let's let's. What's the highest number it could be? Oh God, I never paid him. So okay, there you go. <laughs> I was like, I was like, fuck you. I play original artists, and I have all their permission to play their and music. There's tons so of venues who say off. they tell you ahead of time you're not allowed to play covers here, and I think right. that's totally fine. Yeah, I, I never had bands play covers. But, I always had original music, and I got uh, written consent from all of the artists, and that's all I played in the yeah. um, overhead. Uh, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Yeah, well, there's nothing wrong with that. The but, jukebox was. But I'm just all saying, like, if we start stuff. doing some math here, when you start, when we're bagging on a venue like the Hard, the Hard Rock Cafe, you have to think about the cost of, like, let's just say, being a venue and to exist for an entire year and doing promotion for on Facebook, which is a shitty promotion. I'm not bagging on any venue in particular. But I'm, ju- I'm, I'm just ju- saying I'm just, a lot of weight's been put on the bands these days. I know, but yeah. I'm just saying, like, based off of the math that we're doing, I'm saying that would be cost. Let's call it. Let's call it forty grand a year, forty grand a year just to exist. Now that's not even including rent. That's not including staff. That's not including any of that. that. That so these guys have this ridiculous number based off location. Yeah, well they fucking chose that location. Well I know, but it's Seattle. We're supposed to be a music capital of the world. How many tickets did you guys sell? We sold. 40 tickets. Okay, 40 tickets at what? $10 a head? You guys suck. Well, that's, that's really not that many. That's really not that. That's really not much. That's $400. $400 to go and chip away at their bill. And, you know, and then they're going to have to get taxed on that. And then I, I feel for venues. I feel yeah. for, I do feel for the venues it's because I see tough. their perspective. Yeah. I'm, um, and, yeah. And, and the more on the outskirts that they are, the easier it is to go and uh, get away from that kind of stuff. But the problem is that's... I feel like that is the way it's going. It's moving away from the inner parts of the city and moving towards the outskirts where new areas, like it's no longer Boise. It's more Pocatello, Idaho. It's no, it's no longer Seattle. It's so, it's, it's, it's Sultan, it's Sultan, Washington that you're going to study. It's, it's not, it's Spokane. Maybe it's not Spokane. Maybe it's before that. Maybe it's Lovely. Somebody for the love of God open a decent venue in Bellevue. Yeah, maybe it's not Seattle, it's Bellevue. But right. I mean, I'm just saying, it's like we starve for that because it's the only place to get away from that. Bellevue, it wouldn't happen in Bellevue. It happened in Kirkland. Right? There's already, if it, not, yeah. Now, hey, this would be cool, Renton. There's what? already stuff in Renton. There's no good rock venues in Bellevue. There's there's Bakes Place, which is great for like jazz. It's like the mm-hmm. East Side's version of uh, Jazz Alley, which is really? awesome. But with the exception of the, um, what's the, the, cl- the club that does the comedy shows, uh, the... The Lucky Strike Bowling and the um, what do you get anyway? That, but that's it's cover bands. There's no good rock venues in Bellevue at all. Period. Someone mm. needs to do that. Listen, listen. Truth word. I mean, I, <laughs> I mean, I started playing a, um, a new venue over in Chehalis, and they gave us the best rock and roll reception. And that, I mean, I'm not trying to mean to Chehalis. I, I apologize if you're from Chehalis, but it's a, it's a dead town. You know, there there's not much going on. It's on the way to Portland. It's in between. It's in between uh, 
uh, Olympia, and mm-hmm. I mean, I used to live in Olympia and spent some time in Shehalis. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, well, it's, it's, it's school in it, Olympia. It, it, I mean, we started getting booked at a place called the uh, Flood Valley Brewery, and they uh, and we are playing there again. And that was a wonderful reception. It was probably it was on par with the Wallies that you mm-hmm. that you you guys have talked about. But it was. But notice what I'm talking about. I'm talking about a place that's outside of the city. Like it's that's not a, a major city, and I feel like that is the future of music. The future of music will be in the outskirts, in the ruins, in the dock, and because people are know. hungry for it. When you're in a city that has a gazillion, you know, venues every five square feet in every borough and every sub area, that just they're not hungry. And there's like people are not. But you go outside of that area, you go somewhere where there yeah. are fewer venues. People are hungry for it. Correct yeah. me. Correct me if I'm wrong, but it seems like when you're say a Seattle-based band. And you're barely playing Seattle. You're playing Spokane, Portland, uh, Eugene, California, wherever. And you come and you play your hometown. Um, it seems to have more prestige or more um, importance that, oh, my God, you're playing Seattle. This is a big deal. We need to come here. As, as furniture girls, we try to keep it to like once a quarter or like, or for a big deal. Like when, you know, we jumped on for the Jean Loves Jezebel show because that's right. a big deal. Yeah. But like, but really, if you play more than once a quarter, you can't expect people to come out. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, I, not, not for promotion wise. Like for... maybe even like twice a year, really, honestly. Yeah. Over here, I would think that would be, um, that would be the right way to go because mm-hmm. it doesn't really snow in Seattle. I mean, not really. Maybe maybe a little bit, but yeah, okay. Oh yeah, I'll just catch them next time they play. Exactly, and yeah. everyone says that all. The, and I'm as guilty of it as everyone else. Absolutely. Like I was talking again. We're gonna re- mention Yar like four times in this podcast. No, that's just the third. <laughs> well, you guys just played with them or saw them last saw night. Them, so, yes, yeah, yeah. It's fresh that, in the that mind. Makes sense. But they are a band that I had been meaning legitimately to mm-hmm. see for over a year, and I was just like, well, they'll play again. They'll, I'll catch the next and one. It doesn't. I've ha- got a conflict. And Whatever. It didn't, it didn't help that they were putting the other shows on their their website. I'm sure they're just. Like, yeah, I got a website. I got a show. Boom. Put well, it on the website. No, I mean, I it does help. Like, I want to know every time you're playing. And yeah, but I'll make the ones I can make. And and but if there's an exclusive, but there are like people who time. definitely are like, oh, they'll they'll be playing, they'll be playing, they'll be playing. I'll catch the next one. I'll catch the next one. Yeah, yeah. It's honestly the best turnout we got was when we threatened to quit. <laughs> and it you was real. That. By the way, for anyone listening, that was not a fake out just to try to get right. turned out. We did almost break up. <laughs> <laughs> wow! <laughs> wow! We uh, dang um, Motley Crue. I felt like you were. <laughs> I, felt, I felt like Vince Neil was. We did. We we joke about it all the time. Still, we're like like uh, Lightfoot and Jim will fight over who quit first. <laughs> and yet here we are writing new material. <laughs> yes, we definitely have to do some uh, Dar Furniture Girl. Oh my Adana god! Yeah. Shows. Yes, would love it. I Dar really. Girls. I'm really excited for you guys to hear it it's i'm uh, excited too i think we're getting really close to um capturing that stoner rock and and uh new wave synth wave desert wave is what we're i'll be i'll be super super heartbroken if i don't get like some sort of a little cameo somewhere oh you know (laughs) that we're doing a duet okay (laughs) whatever it takes we're like i'm a huge um human league fan yeah so, 
we're definitely doing something okay, like good. that. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm writing a bunch of new material. It's really cool. It's a very um, neon, neon Miami overload um, glow kind of thing. It's super cool. I'm awesome. really excited. We've got we've got one song called uh, Red Line Over Overload. Um, it's so good. It's so good. If I do say so myself. Yeah, I, I, I'm just I'm super proud of the boys because I'm like, okay, you guys like this rock and roll thing, and I I love it too. But there's there's this thing this this eighties thing with that glitter I and glistening lights. Right. And, yeah. Yeah. I don't. I'm a sucker for it. So I'm. I, I think it's coming out just the way I want. It. I'm super proud of all the guys. They're, I can't they're wait. doing really well. And the show that we did at Wally's was outstanding. We played with um, the Waking Things. Have you heard of those yeah. guys? Yeah. Um. Where are they from? They're from Seattle. They're from okay. Seattle. Uh, you have seen the you've seen the Waking Things before. Um, and I always confuse them between two bands. Yeah, uh, Waking Things was the drummer was fantastic. I was playing by myself at the substation, and you jumped oh, on the stage. Oh, that's right. Okay. Oh, and the guy yeah. was singing some high falsetto stuff. Like, yeah, I do remember that. Yes. Really good. Yes. And the Kings of Cavalier, which oh hell yeah. I mean, honestly, one of my favorite bands. They're so good. They're mm-hmm. so great. And um, we got really a pretty good reception because they they really had no idea what we were doing. And a lot of them didn't know I could even sing. So they're like, holy shit, Tony, you can sing. This is awesome. And and I was That's really right, Tony. happy. You can sing. Oh, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> but it was really cool to see guys that thought I, I was just a bass player to see me do something that I was a little more in my in my wheelhouse. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, was, it was great. Such a great show. So I'm super excited to do some stuff with you guys. Yeah, it's when are you coming here? Um, spring. We're going full full board of the spring. We're actually um, we worked out all so of dates? our um, May. Cool. Let's oh, say, oh May, let, May. Let's say May. Let's say May. Okay. Yeah, we we've worked out all of our time signatures for our originals, and we're we're starting to track here in the next ah, few time weeks. signatures. Yeah. One two three. One two three four. One two three. One two three four. One two three. <laughs> one, two, three. I was like, what? <laughs> time signature. <laughs> so, um, fuck! I don't even know what to talk about now. I'm, I'm just, I'm just pickles, 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 dill or sweet. I hate pickles of any sort, any kind. Wow. Neither but I do dill love. Nor sweet. What's crazy is I love pickled chips. Somebody puts a gun to your head and they say dill or sweet. What do you pick? I'm saying uh, fire when ready. <laughs> 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 So fucking, f- I'm I'm there. I'm like, you shot him. Can you, you what really? Oh. Can I just? Stand I'm by? just not. April loves pickles. I can't. What's do it. April's favorite? Is is she sweet, sweeter dill? I think she's dill. Okay. I think she's a dill girl. It's good. Because I'm I'm just like, why are these in my fridge? <laughs> I, I don't want them in my refrigerator. Get them out of here. They're disgusting. <laughs> I'll tell you one time. I played a a gig over at um. Shit, cock. On the way to Yakima, it's a, a town on the water, and it's it's backwater nowhere. It's uh, it's called what is it called? Fucking it, it. Come on, guys, help me out here. It's, uh, it, it's on a. It's not. It can't be a. 
It can't be a lake, but it's on the way to Yakima. Moses Lake? Thank you. Uh, <laughs> it's okay. past Yakima. Oh, on the way to Spokane. Oh, yeah. Okay. All right, so Moses Lake. Kind of nowhere near Yakima, I actually. Lo- <laughs> no, it's pretty... It's, it's, well, it's not really close, <laughs> <No>. but... <laughs> okay, all right. So, right, so Moses Lake, went and played, played there in a place. They knew I was fucking drunk enough. And that I asked for... Because I asked... I thought they were giving me... Um, uh, what were they giving me? Po- like poppers, like jalapenos or something. It was totally pickles. And they were like, he's fucking drunk enough that he, he's going to eat this. And I was like, these aren't poppers. And I'm like... <laughs> These fucking suck. What are these? Pickles? <laughs> fucking sucks. I <laughs> <laughs> just can't fucking eat them. Oh, my I God. Like, threw up later. But <laughs> so, and I'm that? sure it was just because of the pickles. No, mm-hmm. well, no it, it was a pretty – that was a pretty weird night. What I, what venue was it in oh, Moses It was Lake? called Dawson's Bar? No, I think it was called like – Jokers, but oh, that Jokers in Tri Cities. Yeah, think. Jokers in Richlands. It was. I have a picture of it over there. It was. Our, it was one of the. It was the Adarnas first tour, and um, this this fucking Finnish guy with us uh, who who flew out to go in Marku, and he came came to join us, and his English. He just gives up in the middle of it. So he just goes, he's, uh, you know what? You, you, fuck, fucking fuck, fuck, fuck. And that's, that's pretty much the common thing he does. So when you amplify that with alcohol or weed, he's just like, fuck, fucking William, fuck, fuck you. Oh, William, fuck, fuck you. Fuck you. <laughs> and, and so I'm trying to explain to the bartender, I'm like, he's not drunk. He's finished. <laughs> he, but he's then, not drunk. He's from Finland. But then he starts throwing up. I'm like. He's a little drunk. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! That's when I learned he's he's a lightweight. <laughs> I thought he, he was like a buck forty. I thought he'd be he'd be able to hold up a little better. <laughs> good lord! No, it was good. It was good. It was good stuff. <sighs> so, lastly, let's talk about uh, the USO tour that you have done, and mm. then the one that. Uh, that was almost so close, so close, but yet so far. I know, I know. I'm, I'm sorry, my brother. We're so for those, those of you just listening in, uh, Tony and I had uh, Tony was coming on tour with the Adarna for a, a Middle East tour, and uh, it got rescheduled, and we're still on standby until we know what's going on in the Middle East. So it makes things very uncertain uh, because it's the Middle East, you know. So we are waiting. And I don't know if that's an indefinite amount of time. But uh, on a more positive note, that's not a kind of place that people want to go. That's not the kind of thing that you go and like on a touring route. So you, when you get an offer, you go. You go because of the fact that when are you ever going to get offered to go and do something so amazing like that? I mean, and that was one of the reasons I reached out to you, Tony, was because you're the kind of guy who would seize an opportunity that was so fucking cool like that. He was like... Yeah, I know you're not like a the 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 sound guy, but I was like, Tony would do it. And Tony knows how to knows how to be. He's one of those people. He's good people. So, um, well, you called me and you, on, on the most evil of days. Yeah, you gave me like 24 hours notice to say, hey, we're going to the Middle East for three weeks. Um, I need to know in 24 hours if you're on board. <laughs> so I uh, talked to my wife. And I'm like, uh, this is an opportunity of a lifetime. I'm going to the Middle East. I'm going to um, be a sound guy for my buddy Will. 
And that's what's happening. And she was very trepidatious, but she was definitely um, on board with supporting me and the opportunity. And yeah, which is mind fucking blowing to me. Like I would have told my old lady if she wants to, she wants to go to the Middle East with some band. Fuck off. (laughs) That's not happening. Um, But yeah, no, like crazy supportive. I cannot believe she actually was cool with it. Um, so she's a cool chick. She, yeah, she, she supports you and your endeavors. It's crazy. I mean, if I was your, if I was your chick, I'd have have some problems. (laughs) (laughs) But no, it was really cool. So I, um, you know, I called Will back and like, dude, I'm on board. Let's do this. Got my passport. And fortunately it, it kind of shifted to a different time or whatever. Um, which honestly, like, I'm okay with because like I want to go there when it's as safe as possible totally. for us to um, yeah do whatever we have to do. Um, but yeah, I would not want to be there when I would actually be risking my life. Yeah, I mean that's 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 the hard part. Is it just becomes a well, what do we what do we? It's just frustrating because we don't know and we can't know. We can't know what what the hell's going on over there. <laughs> kind of a military would actually tell you (laughs) right okay guys so these guys are coming in over here and you're gonna be there so we can't have you here um kind of thing all of the above is a little alarming but we just have to trust that people know what they're doing right yeah it's true story and the fact that they're not gonna let uh, civilians in to entertain yeah no Um, that's that's good that they're like oh yeah no we we want to be able to make sure our troops are having a good time but you know i'm sorry i'm picking at my tattoo (laughs) that's okay (laughs) but Uh, yeah no i i they're 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 taking people's safety seriously which is important uh uh, but i'll tell you this the 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 thing that i took away from this and this was a, a beautiful thing um in the same way that you guys were talking about like you never know what 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 somebody somebody is doing for like how much it and it's an impression when you play. Mm-hmm. We played a show last year. We played two shows last year where this happened, where we were, one was in San Francisco and one was over in um, Connecticut, over in New London, Connecticut. And there was nobody there. It was like four people, maybe maybe six. It was. It, it gets hard to tell because the, like, the few amount of shadows were moving. Uh, <laughs> the, but at the end of it, you know, minimal claps and everything like that. And we did a great show. We did, we played well. I was proud of us. And uh, a woman came up and she's like, I saw you in Kuwait. And I was like, God damn, I'm so glad we didn't pull punches. And wow. that wasn't the first time. Like, it wasn't the-, the first time because that that same tour, a guy in San Francisco came up to me and he said, uh, he, he said, uh, you, shook, you shook my hand in uh, Cutter. And it was just a reminder. It was like, you don't, you don't pull punches. You don't. It was at the Hotel Utah, which which Death by Overkill. This goes back to the same conversation we had earlier. No matter if there's only two people in the audience, you never know who those two people because are. Them, Always give it your all. Oh, some of them awesome. don't. Know, some of them don't know. They, they 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 don't know how to go and express themselves. They're they're just like I. I had this happen in Olympia. One guy showed up and he was. Uh, he met me also in another base in Kuwait, mm-hmm. and and he was just like I I was there when you guys were doing that and. And uh, we took pictures with him, of course. <laughs> but it was, it was like that was so far away. You were so far away from home, 
and we're and now you're back you're back from danger and i mean fucking thanks for your sacrifice but not on top of that that's so cool that you actually remembered us and then you took the time to come to our show in olympia <laughs> hey olympia you're cool <laughs> that's but you do fuck with me often so we have a little bit of <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome yeah um, no i uh um it reminds me of um a story that uh i i went through when i was uh a young lad sorry go on there brother really fucking drunk <laughs> a young lad wee buck yeah when i was a wee lad um no 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 but seriously um it was just my first blowjob what focus 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 Hey, focus, 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 mate. Focus, focus. That, <laughs> yeah. um, Fork me, mate. Focus. No, dude. No, I think, I think, I think that's really, really awesome. Um, I did a show um, at the sports center in Yakima. Yeah. Um, with my old band Titan Drive, and we're kind of, you know, whatever. Um, after the show, I had a, a gentleman come up to me and say, um, "The only music I had to listen to." over there in the Middle East was your CD and to see these sh- see these songs played live was the best thing ever for me. I mean doesn't that give you like fuel free? Oh my god. It, I was just like wow. I didn't even know that like you're, I mean at this point you're already immortal. You've already left your mark. Like we could continue to try to make your mark, but you've done it. Right. I was like, "Oh my god. That's crazy." So you're like Fighting for whatever, um, and this is the music that you have, and you've actually showed up to this little bar in this little town to see us, and here you are, and you saw it, and you enjoyed it, and wow, holy shit, all those thousands of hours of practice and rehearsal and something. learning, it's like, wow, <laughs> worth it, worth completely it. worth it, totally that's right. crazy. Oh, what a great story, man. Yeah, I I was really um, struck by that whole thing. That's amazing. Yeah, so hopefully that will happen again with the next adventure. It will. It will. And that's the important thing. Like, I mean, something happens every time you put it out there. If you don't, I think that's the kind of thing that every musician strives to have happen. Like, you you want people to appreciate your art and Mm -hmm. what you're – but but really like and and that's I think kind of one of the reasons that I keep for furniture girls I keep the lyrics very vague because I want people to identify with them in their own way. Mm-hmm. You the biggest thing is you want people to take ownership of it. Oh, like yeah. it's not mine; it's theirs. It's I want people to make it theirs. And right. and if if that happens ever, like it happened for you, like if someone makes something that you created their own experience, that's the best thing you could hope for. That is. And you're not playing for your buddies. Right. You're not playing for them. Like those guys will, they want the all kinds of different things, but you're not there to play for them. They're a stepping stone for you to find your real true fans of your art, you know? Because when they're going and saying like, dude, that was some weak shit. You're like, you're not the person I'm playing for. (laughs) You know, thank you. Thank you for coming out. I know this was hard, but you are not my target audience. (laughs) You sure, bro? I said some weird, weak shit. <laughs> so, God, I can talk about so much shit with you. Um, okay, real quick, what is the um, 
to weirdest show or tour or on the road stories? Go, Stacy. I get to go first. Okay. Yes, ma'am. So I have this awesome. This is this. <laughs> so this is the intersection of three different bands. Okay. So Murdoch, who is the drummer for Adarna. Yes. Myself, who is in multiple things, Furniture Girls, uh, DBO, High Steppers. And now the uh, bass player for the High Steppers, Steve Steele. Mm -hmm. So uh, at one point, and this is so weird, like, so Steve and Murdoch know each other from beyond before, and uh, Steve now plays bass for the High Steppers. And this is like... Years after what I'm about to tell the story about, and so Steven, Steve auditions to play for the High Steppers and shows up, and he's like, I think I know you, and like the two of us are like, didn't we do that one weird show together? And we're like, oh my god. Yeah, anyway, so <laughs> here's how, here's what happens. So I don't even know if I can legally talk about yeah, this. Yeah, of course but, <laughs> It's a podcast, whatever, who cares? Who cares? Um, so Murdoch, uh, well, this is probably the first year that we were hanging out, and, and he's like, you know, I sing everything, everything... Uh, jazz whatever like I, I really actually specifically love doing jazz standards and Murdoch knew that so mm-hmm. he had a gig it's do. better than coming yeah, yes you know so so Murdoch hit me up to do some jazz standards for a specific gig and he's like I got this I got band to put together we need a singer and so we did it and he's like it's weird and he was super vague about <laughs> the details intentionally he's like <laughs> He's like, eh, it's real weird. I'm not really giving much details. You'll figure it out when you get there. You know, I'm like, okay. So we practice a few times together. We put together about an hour and a half's worth of material, jazz standards, you know, and uh, uh-huh. me, Steve Murdoch, and a keyboard player whose name I've already forgotten. And um, it was at the, it was at the, uh, maybe I shouldn't say where. It was somewhere in Seattle. Uh-huh. And uh, it turned out it was, I forget what they call it, but it was like, um, it was like a mixer for it was like bidding on prostitution right kind of it was like older gentlemen (laughs) and young immigrant women and it was like it was like a message board for it was kind of like johns and and pros like johns and pros they had like a message board and this is like a mixer where they brought them together Hmm. and so they Brought all these people together. I'm not saying that I'm like this is a wonderful thing. I'm not promoting it at all. This was like a. This is just what happened. It just I got hired to do a thing, and I'm not promoting it. I'm not condoning it. I'm not. <laughs> but we showed up and we played a gig, and there was a lot of young women and a lot of older gentlemen, and <laughs> there was a an, a naked woman who was splayed out, and they served sushi on her. And there, it was very, very strange. We just like played jazz, and we were doing. And I remember a few gentlemen approached me, and I was just like, "I'm the band, dude. I'm just the band. Just I'm the band." Are you sure? And I'm like, "Nope, just." And it was, it was that is hands down the weirdest thing. And and I well will say this: we had a second gig lined up, and the second gig never happened because SPD cracked down, and actually everyone went to jail. So wow. So the end of the story is is, a great story. I, I want people to know, like, don't condone this stuff. I'm not like I said, I took a money gig it was a money gig i'm not saying i was right it wasn't necessarily a good thing to support but, but the, check in out the, the end spd <laughs> spd like cracked down and like everyone went to jail and like whatever you know it's it's all good uh, i didn't support that but i 
did play music. Right. <laughs> you did your job. You did what you were hired to that's do, my and it weirdest, wasn't illegal. That's my weirdest music story. Wow. That is insane. <laughs> that is a real weird How about you, uh, Mr. Will? William? Uh, the One of the last gigs I did for uh, Slants. Oh, man. They exist, so I'm going to have to... I'll have to say it. Okay, so uh, we did a show at a... The mental asylum for one who flew over the cuckoo's nest. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, I don't know if you ever played to um, a mental asylum before, but they're on heavy meds. <laughs> so, when you're like, everybody get your hands up. Come on. They're like, oh, man. <laughs> it was. Uh, Where's it, my hands? <laughs> it was pretty It was pretty damn depressing. That uh, is not an attentive audience. It was. Uh, there was a lot of drooling. <laughs> and, 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 and just like, how are you feeling? And they're like, Wah. and, and I am I'm, I'm not trying to be mean to them. No, no. They no, were no. on a lot of drugs and they had a lot of them and a lot of them had mental issues, but that day was the day where I was like, I'm out. <laughs> honestly though, I feel honestly, if I were to compare what the two stories we just told, I would actually feel better about your like I would feel like I at least tried to bring some rainbow to somebody uh-huh. in a dark place. I, I, what I did, I feel kind of dirty about. <laughs> yeah. Holy cow. Well, that makes my story seem <laughs> super right. tame. Let's hear yours now, yeah, Tony. Mine is magical. <laughs> the worst so, story. We're 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 in our RV with our trailer. We're going down Hollywood, um, somewhere in the Hollywood Hills. I don't know. Um, we're trying to find the venue. We cannot find this venue for nothing. Um, it was in Hollywood, right? Somewhere in Hollywood. I can't remember exactly. This was mm, 10 plus years ago. Uh, we're looking for um, the venue. We see, we stop at a stop stoplight. We see this guy on the side of the road. He's got these fuzzy pants and like crazy, like, colors on very eccentric <laughs> looking this must have been like 2003 2004 somewhere in there um we look at this guy and like oh my god I, i'm like check this dude out he's really like he's really crazy and all the all the boys in the band are like holy shit that's Davey Havoc from AFI. Oh my God. And I'm like, what? No way. And they're like, yeah. So we're all like outside of the window saying, hey, Davey, what's up? And he's like, yeah, pull over, guys. And so we pull over. Shut we up. Walking with him, talking with him. Um, he goes to a convenience store. <laughs> he loads up on. Um, hot tamales and all the weird flavors of hot tamales like the the root beer and the whatever and uh, we're just we're just chatting with him and talking with him and i made him laugh which i was super proud of um he asked you know what kind of band we are and it's like are you like math metal and i'm like yeah as 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 much as my remedial math skills will allow and he he, kind of cracked up at that and i thought that was pretty cool and and uh you know we we actually hung out with him for like 45 minutes or so and we're just hanging out inside the road talking about hot tamales and music and Goodness. he was super cool super nice and then we went on our way to a gig that never happened we got to the venue and the 
the venue, there was nobody that attended the show. There was like four bands on so the So it was all, kind of all worth it for that one moment. That one moment <laughs> was one of the highlights of, of that whole That's tour. So cool. It was so magnificent. So they, they, they shut down the show because nobody showed up. Nobody showed up. They, <sighs> they didn't let any, any of the bands play because there was no attendance at all. Wow. And it was the scariest bathroom I've ever had to use in my entire life scary i wish that i would have actually pulled the plug we last year we went on tour and the one of the last stops on the tour we were in uh reno uh-huh. for this french girls and, and it's a great venue no no dissing on the venue but but it was a off night like it wasn't a weeknight or any or i mean it wasn't a weekend it was a weeknight and uh-huh. I was violently ill, like projectile vomiting, sickest I've ever been. I wish, and there was like four people in there, and I wish that they would have done what that venue did. What you're talking about, I wish that they would have done. Like, just shut it down. Yeah, just shut it down. Yeah. There's two people here. I was so sick, and I was trying to do this sh- brave show must go on thing, and literally running between like like running to the bathroom and vomiting. Oh. <laughs> it was the worst. That's the worst show ever. Like I, I had ooh. an experience like that on the way back from that tour when we got we did the hometown return. Hey, we're back from California. We did the thing. <laughs> you know, here we are. Um, I had a fish sandwich from mm. from uh, like a Burger King or something like that violently ill mm-hmm. just did the show as soon as the show was over the last note i ran outside and just puked puked all over the place and um yeah that was the end of the tour and that, <laughs> that was it and it was fun it was great but definitely i stopped eating fish sandwiches from oh, yeah. any any place ever i i've i've become very uh, leery of clams in general <laughs> i love Yikes. clams i love seafood but i'm like very scared of clams now yeah i don't blame you a bit clams <laughs> wow I think that wraps it up. I think that's. I mean, <laughs> fuck, we're we're like. Uh, you got plenty of material. two hours and fifteen minutes. <laughs> I, I I'm gonna edit it down to about maybe um, maybe an hour and a half. You have so much material. <laughs> I mean, like I I love you guys. I could talk <laughs> to you it's for be, it's fucking be cut, hours. Cutting up will going. Well, there's always dicks. Cut out all the penis <laughs> talk. <laughs> well, dude, uh, did we talk about blowjobs yet? Because I got this great blowjob. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> So good. What a dick. <laughs> Seriously, what a dick. Tony, what a dick. Tony, thank you very much for this. Well, you're very welcome. Man, what a great conversation I had with both Will and Stacy. Hey, do me a favor. Go check out all of their social media outlets. Support them in whatever way you can. That's right. The Adarna furniture girls and death by overkill i'm gonna play one of their songs from death by overkill this song is called walk the plank thank you so much again for listening and i hope to catch you again next week okay take care
Sacrifice it for a life. Less. 